Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Yes, I'm joined here with my crying dog, Carly. <laughs> Carly, you want to cry? <laughs> just kidding. What's uh, going on, Sebastian? Nothing much, man. Uh, just getting ready for for kind of a somewhat <laughs> what was going to be a relaxing weekend. It ended up being a uh, high-intensity weekend of a lot going on. High intensity, man. Yeah. Um, so um I I mean this is a non soccer thing, but I'm going to the I'm going to the San Antonio Spurs game tomorrow against the 76ers. Yeah, it's very high intense. You, uh, you sit there and watch some basketball. I thought or unless you like playing all of a sudden. You're I'm the warm up coach. I'm I am the warm up coach. I'm the throwing coach for the Spurs. They don't be throwing some basketball. <laughs> um no i just it just it 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 i just i'm excited to go to a sporting event i just in general like going to sporting events uh, i know you went to one yesterday and we'll talk about that in a little bit um but yeah no we got we got a lot of games this weekend um you're right and early tomorrow and so and and i follow you basically we have three away games in the same place so it's kind of fun we'll be hanging out and, and coaching um, i'm coaching it's like a tournament. Yeah, exactly. It almost feels like a tournament. Yeah, except for it's only one. It's it's, like, it's almost like a showcase, right? Only one game a day. One game a day. I'm going to be sitting there. Well, I need to kill time because, like, we got to go, like, west, I guess. That's why That's why you're in a perfect place to hang out with us. I mean, just me and Kyle. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm actually glad you guys will be there because, I mean, I don't know what else I would do. Yeah. Just be watching random people play. <laughs> Scouting. There you go. Just put on a different shirt and just sit there with a clipboard and see people come up to you. Just put on a Adidas shirt and just yeah. Uh-huh. I'm go to all the I'm gonna go to all the 7799 games with a clipboard. Say, so, yeah, I'm just scouting. <laughs> um just make up a university name too, just like some random Balsa Hard University. <laughs> bshu yeah yeah there you go um but yeah so we we got a lot going on um after a good week of training i got a high school game tonight um yeah it's, it just it's been a good week of soccer just in general it's been cold um but yeah and we do have a we do have a big announcement um we, we almost have a really major announcement um we are we I think we mentioned this before, but we're we're officially this is now official, hot off the press. Uh we're officially uh part of it. We're really excited to be part of the podcast row at the 2023 United Soccer Convention. That's true. That is United true. Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia, January eleventh through the fifteenth. The convention is the ultimate event for soccer coaches, administrators, fans of building of the beautiful game. Ignite your passion through captivating presentations, on-field demonstrations, exhibits, and networking events for any coach. Whether you're attending alone or bringing the whole coaching staff, there's no better place for soccer coaches to learn, network, and experience the latest trends in soccer education. Visit www.unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to register. Come join us as we celebrate our passion for the beautiful game. Uh, We're going to be there. Be there on podcast row two years in a row, two years in a row. Uh, repeat, repeat. We're well, gonna, level, we know we know what to expect. Yes, now we, we 100% know. Um, 
We're not going to need a podcast out there with the poster. Yeah, we'll, we're going to we're going to go win podcast right I mean, yeah. I mean, we know to bring water and snacks now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Luckily, it'll be close to home, so we we we're bringing a wagon too. <laughs> Got next. We're bringing the Yeti. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but Got yeah, next no. to us is giving out free waters. <laughs> um, we're we're really excited. Uh, there's going to be so many people presenting at the at the convention. The special topics diploma just got announced this past oh, week. I- um special topics diplomas include urban soccer diploma um coaching the complete player what drives winning modern trends of the game goalkeeping and the director of coaching diploma as well and if you stay on sunday you can get your goalkeeping level one diploma be you trying to say i need my goalkeeping diploma no i'm just saying if you (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying it's you know you can do that if you wanted to on sunday I got all the goalkeeping. I got all the goalkeeping I need. <laughs> um, they also have professional development certificates as well um, that you can add to your resume. You have a youth coach uh, certificate, club leader, high school coach outside the X's and O's, assistant coach. X's and O's. And that's what it's called. Like high school coach outside the X's and O's. Isn't it uh, triangles and squares? Assistant coach and college coach. Are you supposed to use triangles in soccer? Uh, that's for, uh, that's United soccer. That's a uh, U.S. soccer. Just saying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're going to have, they're going to have futsal sessions, uh, field sessions and lecture sessions. By the way, if you ever go to the website and you go to the education part of it in the futsal sessions, just going to throw that out there. Uh, Matias Lukoiks is the, uh, is the, is the on-field image. And he's the uh, head coach of the Argentinian men's national football team. So just throw that out there. We get, you know, we're, you know, just represented. <laughs> that silence is Dwayne shaking his head. They, just had, to, they, just had, to find, they had to find somebody. <laughs> they, well, Nobody they else found, showed up to the session. So they, they found, they found the guy. They find the football world cup. Winner. I thought you were going to say Luis was on the. <laughs> Luis is in the background. <laughs> you can see Luis in the background of that one. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely a great, a great experience. So make sure you come out to to Philadelphia, January 11th through the 15th. Um, make sure you come visit us at Podcast Row. We're going to be there. We'll have some interviews. You need to make this up- thing somewhere warm. I was always in the cold places because it's in the winter. But it- it's not cold in Miami, or it's not cold in Texas. I was going to Miami. I'm not going to Miami. They have it it's in not Miami. Cold. I'm not going. It's not cold in Los Angeles. Not going to Miami. I'm not going to Miami. It's not cold in Arizona. It's not cold in Louisiana. Like, no. need I keep going? It's not cold in Puerto Rico. Okay, I could get down with the Puerto Rico convention. It's not cold in Georgia. It's not cold in Raleigh. Well, you also got to think about like airports. I mean, we went to Kansas City last. I was going to say we went to Kansas City. That airport was small. <laughs> you went through TSA and you had to walk past your gate just because it was a maze. <laughs> it was. It was pretty funny. But I think that might have just been our our terminal. Wasn't there only one terminal? No, that was just the Southwest Terminal. Uh, well, it looks like the Raleigh Airport. Yeah. They only have two terminals. Yeah. 
but yeah, so we'll we'll be there. So make sure you check it out. We'll have some interviews coming up uh, in the next few months before, leading up to the convention as well. All right, Dwayne. Um, so we've we've had a lot of guests on the podcast for the last 121 weeks. Um, and I think I think this is the first time where we've had a player of the match nominee actually be on the podcast after they've been nominated as player of the match for for a long time. Well, that's because the player of the match felt like they needed to be interviewed. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, getting... player of the match, she was like, "You got to get the full story." Well, you know, it's 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 October. We're we're getting we're getting close to, uh, we're getting close to the end of the the college season. So that becomes that means senior weeks are coming up, or senior games, or senior nights are coming up. Um, and senior I week for, senior week is for high school kids. Oh uh, my bad. Yeah. So senior senior night. <laughs> Um, put so some I, respect, put some respect on her name. My, my bad, my bad. Uh, so, um, I've met our guest, uh, in March of 2020, probably about a week and a half before COVID like hit. Um, and I was, we were in the bubble at UD and she was the first player from the university of Delaware women's soccer team to come up to me and introduce herself. Shook my hand, told me her name, uh, told me she was from Maine, and uh, and uh, and that was it. Yeah, and then ever since, uh, every time I've gone to a practice at the University of Delaware, I've always enjoyed watching her train. Uh, to the games I've that I've gone to, I've gone, I've, I've enjoyed watching her play, and over the last year, I've enjoyed significantly coaching with her. Uh, and I also met her parents, which was really cool. Uh, her dad, her dad surprised me. I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Uh, so without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Miss Sarah Diapolonia, you university of Delaware women's soccer captain and fifth year senior and heading into your final college game. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Sarah, in general, I know this, it was, um, this might be a loaded question, but how ready are you for Sunday? Um, I don't know. It's sort of anticlimactic. It feels like last um, last year when we had senior night, um, it didn't really feel real knowing that I was going to be coming back. And so now I think it's um, probably going to hit me a little harder on Sunday. But yeah, I'm excited for it. Have you? Do you feel like this past week you've kind of tried to recap a little bit of your last five years here at the University of Delaware? For sure. For sure. Definitely just sort of thinking about all the memories I've created here and trying to cherish like these last practices. Um, Like yesterday was my last morning practice ever. So that was sort of intense to, um, you know, recognize and shed some light onto the team. Um, Yeah. So 2019 first team, all CAA. 2019 CAA All Tournament Team, 2019 CAA Player of the Week on October 28th. So almost, uh, almost coming up on, a, on an anniversary for that. 2020 Third Team uh, All CAA and uh, CAA Commissioners Honor Roll 2122. Mm. And uh, so far this year, uh, six goals, six goals yep. in the year. That's um, and so, you know, what's what is it like? Um, to make the decision to stay another year and continue to to build on on a little bit of that legacy and that um that career you've built here. 
Yeah. Um, it was sort of a, a long decision. Um, I went back and forth on whether to stay or move on and hopefully play pro, um, or just be done. And so after like several conversations with my coaching staff and my parents and friends back home, um, sort of came to the conclusion and in my gut that, you know, I had unfinished business. And so I wanted to come back and see that out, um, and lead this team through one more season. Um, so yeah. Um, so I, I introduce you usually, and I think I've, uh, and I think you've been a part of my introductions when I've ever introduced you to, mm-hmm. to, to teams or to players. I introduce you as one of the hardest working players I've ever seen in a training session. Um, where, where do you think that comes from for you? Um, I feel like it's sort of like an internal motivation of wanting to be the best, um, I get motivated by external factors, but I would say that's probably one of my biggest character traits is just wanting to be the hardest working on the field um, and don't settle for anything but winning. Um, so when I when we lose as a team, it, it hurts pretty bad. But um, yeah, I feel like just being the hardest worker and wanting to be the best is something I try to live by. When did do you feel like you've always had that, or do you feel like you've you've kind of grown into that as you're like did you come into the University of Delaware as that coming from high school and club soccer? Um, I'd like to think so. I feel like if you maybe ask some of my former club coaches um or just people that know me, they would probably say the same. And I'd probably give credit to my parents, um, both who have been like role models for me growing up and just idols showing me the way. Um, so I'd say it's sort of ingrained in my DNA in a sense. And, uh, and you've, you've gotten a chance to, to somewhat speak to our, to some through, through ASPI, the, the nonprofit that my wife and I run, you've gotten a chance to, to kind of speak a little bit to, to youth athletes about your little bit of your recruitment story and your recruitment story is a little different than, than others, right? Yeah, definitely. Do you want to, do you want to give a do you want to give a little background to that? Sure. Um I'll try and make it short, but <laughs> yeah, being from Maine, um your exposure through the clubs up there is sort of limited, um just sort of by default. So I ended up playing on a team in Mass, um which afforded me the ability to be exposed to several more college coaches. Um and that's where my recruitment po- process sort of like hit the road running. Um And I was looking all over the place. Delaware was actually not on my list, um, but former associate head coach here at Delaware, Taylor Wilson, um, came from St. John's where I was looking pretty heavily and, you know, asked me to come visit UD, see if I liked it. And um, I sort of just fell in love with everything. They sold me on the program and the school. Um, Mike actually never saw me play a game before he offered me a spot on the team, which was pretty special. Um, and yeah, now I'm here. So, <laughs> <laughs> And what did you, what did you end up majoring in? I'm a bio major with a minor in public health. Nice. Yeah. Um, and career goal. Career goal. That's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> sort of all over the board. I've had people tell me I'd be great at coaching. Um, there's obviously the part of me that wants to continue playing. So I'm going to do that until my body tells me to stop. 
Um, I recently had an internship at Morgan Stanley doing finance this past summer, um, which I have no specialty in, but I found myself really enjoying that. And then obviously I have my degree, so I could definitely see myself potentially doing something um, in the public health field or health related. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about coaching for a second. So, um, so this past year you've been, you've been working with us at Delaware Union and in general, you also do private sessions and, and things like that. And um, but you've, you've, you've been in an, an interesting position to a certain extent at Delaware Union where, uh, you came in and you, you led our, our regen nights, mm-hmm. uh, you've, you've led our regen nights for last year, um, partially because, um, you run the, you guys do the same at UD. You've been doing the FIFA 11 plus you've been doing that for a couple of years now. And, uh, so you're, you're very familiar with it. Um, and that's something that we, we do on the girls side as well. We do an entire club. But how has that experience been not only coaching almost or being a part of every girl's per, every girl's player in our in our club, but also then specifically your this is now the third team you've been working with. You worked with our 08 girls, our 2010 girls, and now you're working with our with our 2012 girls. How has that experience been in general? And and uh did it did it make you see the game differently once you started coaching? Yeah, for sure. Um it's been like a really unique experience being able to lead these regen sessions because as you know, they're typically like 30 to 40 girls. So that can be a lot to manage at times, but it's provided me a unique opportunity to sort of find my voice coaching. Um, and within that, just being able to share my passion for the game um, with these young ladies is pretty special. So I was just actually talking to someone else um, earlier this week about not having sort of a woman's soccer role model growing up. Um, my mom was obviously my idol, but to have someone in the in the soccer world would have been nice. So being able to be that for these girls um, is sort of just like a dream come true for me. So it's been really fun um, being a part of Delaware Union and coaching these different teams and then seeing the game through. Um, a different light as well. Um, I'd say more so with my individual sessions and dealing with kids that actually have never played the game before. And so I'm going back to like square one, sort of the grassroots of it and having to break it down in a different way. Um, a lot of the things I have to talk about with them are just second nature to me at this point as a player. So that's definitely, um, sort of just been refreshing in a sense and made me think of the game a little differently recently. And I think that's the that's the that's the beauty of coaching sometimes, especially as you you still be you're still a player, um, and you know there's probably a, a part of the part of the soccer community, part of the population, and maybe Dwayne feels this way more than more than I would that you uh, you never stop being a player, mm. right? There's almost that mentality. I mean, Dwayne, do you feel like you're you're still a player, or do you feel like you're just you know you're just a coach at this point? No, I'm still a player. Um. <laughs> I, well, I think like it depends, right? There's like those certain games, you know, you have like when you're playing like a final or you're playing a tough opponent that you're playing again for the second time where you're just like, you're almost as locked in, like you're going to go out there and play and you want to like be out there. Um, And there's other games where you, you are a coach and you're sitting back and you're figuring things out, but there's always that competitive edge. Always playing mind games with myself. So I think that, you know, until I physically can't go out there and play, Still a player. Still a player. Never retired. 
never retired. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have my cleats on during training and I'm like, I'll show you how to do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely don't feel that way. Um, <laughs> um, but, but so, but as, as you sometimes have the ability to, to still feel, you know, there's, there's that little bit of back and forth between coaching and playing. Um, I think, you know, we, and, and we sometimes do this maybe differently than others, or, or maybe the same, not really sure. We just, we just, this is the way we do it, or at least the way we've, we've tried to do it. Um, where, you know, where Sarah came in and I said, Hey, listen, let's have a conversation. We'll talk about it. And ultimately it became Sarah's Sarah's session to run. And I was like, Hey, listen, we're here to help you. And we're, we're there at the sessions, but ultimately this is your session to run. Um, you know, it wasn't, it, it became less of the idea. I think at times of, um, of, Hey, you know, you want to, you know, we'll, we'll kind of walk you through it. It was almost like, Hey, <laughs> here's a deep end jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like that's that's part of the that's part of the experience, right? To a certain extent, you know, there's we're fortunate enough to be able to give um, to give the new generation of coaches and and players an opportunity to coach. And sometimes we we you know again our way of doing it sometimes is to you know a little bit on that. Hey, let's see how you do. Boom, here you go. <laughs> um, I, I do think, you know, for our players, especially this year with the 2012s, I feel like the connection with, with this group has been super strong. They've they've enjoyed going out to to a couple of your games. They obviously enjoy having your practices. Um, but I think that there's a moment that was really cool where when we went to, to the game where you guys played against Elon this year, um, where they were actively just watching you play. And that moment to me felt felt really special, and I and and I enjoyed the moment afterwards where you and the rest of your teammates, you know, kind of, you know, and and it's again, you won. It was that was a great, that's a great moment. Um, but you know, you've you know, you played ninety minutes or almost ninety minutes in that game, and um, and you know, all your teammates are tired and everything else, and you're tired, and you probably want to, you know, go rest and and relax and things like that, or eat some food or whatever it is that you guys do after games. And you took the time out to to take pictures, sign autographs and things like that for the girls. I think that's it. That's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the more that we can do that uh, from the youth level with, with local colleges um, and the, the, the college community, I think it does bring kind of what you said, right? It brings that idea of those role, role models that you can physically interact with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we look at, and we say, well, my favorite player is, you know, whoever from the women's national team. And that's great to have that. But at times there's a, there's a level where it's difficult to reach that, right. To reach, to, to, to reach physically being able to interact and get to know those players. And I feel like we have the ability to, to create opportunities for not only our players, but I think for all of you as college players, um, and even at the high school level, I feel there's, there's a level of that as well. Um, to create those opportunities for from both sides, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, did you ever feel like growing up that at some point somebody would come and ask you for your autograph? Um, no, I think maybe I dreamed of it. And like I did a lot of things, you know, I dreamed of playing D1, you know, walking through the airport, all suited up, looking the same, like it was all a dream. And now to be living that in a sense is pretty special. And um it's it's really awesome to have the girls come to the games and you know hear them in the stands and then be able to sign their little 
cards after their t-shirts um, and get a picture with them. It, it does, you know, I hold that near and dear to my heart for sure. Where in the, um, as you, as you look back to the last five years or even all of your soccer career up to this point, obviously you have a long career ahead of you still. Um, where does, uh, where does Maine, let's, let's see. So we'll go Maine, Massachusetts, Delaware, right? Mm-hmm. Three, three probably prominent States in your life. Yeah. yeah. Is there any other, are there any other States that I'm missing? Um, you, you know, do you live in Alaska or something or? Well, I played in Spain during COVID, so maybe. Okay, that. all right. Yeah. So, so for all those four places, all right. Yeah. Uh, what did what did each place give you to shape you as the soccer player that you are now? It's mm, a good question. Um, I think Maine probably, in a sense, um, everyone knows everybody in Maine, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a small town just outside of Portland, Maine, and there's there was a lot of newspaper articles on me growing up. And so my name, in a sense, feels sort of big back home. Um, and so having that sort of exposure and being tied to the game in that sense where um, back home, I am a soccer player. Like, that's how I identify. I think that's how people identify me. Um that's sort of what the state's given me, Maine, I'd say, in that sense. And then just perspective um, because of the lack of exposure um, to college coaches. And so I would credit Massachusetts to that. And then also playing at a super high club level there, um, higher than Maine. Um, competing with and playing with girls that are going to ACC, SEC schools. Um, it was just different than playing with girls in Maine who not all of them saw themselves playing at a division one school, their soccer career for many of them ended at the club level. So being able to relate with girls in Massachusetts who wanted to play beyond club and high school um, was pretty cool. Delaware, um, man, I don't know. Delaware has given me a lot of things, but I guess just memories um, and lifelong friends are probably the two biggest. And then my coaching staff is unlike any others that I've ever had their um, willingness to make themselves available for extra sessions. Um, Our support staff, um, like our athletic trainers, nutrition, strength and conditioning. um, You know, I give them a lot of credit because what we do and our health and success wouldn't be possible without them. So yeah, Delaware has given me that. And then Spain, sort of a unique experience to go over there during COVID, um, sort of got my feet wet playing abroad and that sort of was eye-opening and, um, showed me that it's possible to play at the next level beyond college. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that was Spain. Tell us a little bit more about Spain. Where, where'd you go? What was that experience like? Yeah. Sort of intimidating. I had never been to Europe before. Um, And Mike presented the opportunity to me through a connection he had. And I sort of put it by the wayside at first, like, eh, that seems far-fetched. Not sure I'm going to do that. But then I returned to campus here um, in the fall of COVID and things were not the same. We weren't even touching the ball. Um, 
school sort of stunk. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go home and maybe make a big decision. So I did um, end up getting in contact with one of the guys over there at FC Malaga City um, outside of Malaga. And the process happened really quick. I was in Spain within two weeks of that conversation um, and playing on their Feminino team. Um, It was their first year with the Feminino which was really unique as well um, to be a part of something that was brand new. And I trained with them, played in their games up until Christmas time, um, returned back to Delaware for the spring semester when things sort of became more normal. Um, We had a regular spring season. And then I um, actually headed back to Spain that May to finish their season with them because in Spain, their season goes basically from August to um, June or July. So to be on the front end of the season um, with the Feminino team and then the back end and to see how things evolved and changed was really special. Um, and it was, you know, just an honor to that they wanted to have me back. Um, so, yeah, definitely probably the highlight of my soccer career thus far is playing in Spain. Such a unique experience. Did you uh you feel like you you picked up a lot more Spanish than you ever had before? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't known much Spanish going over there. Um I think I took Spanish for like one year in high school, so things sounded somewhat familiar and then I um I learned some terms. I had like 10, 10 phrases that could get me by in a day, mastered those. Um so I was I was all right there, but what's really special about um the academy over there is if you're over there longer than three months, then you become part of um, like their Spanish program and you actually go to class three or three times a week, I think. Um, And you learn the language and that's how you get your visa. You're technically a student in a sense. Um, So that's a great perk. You're learning a second language and playing in a country. So really cool. There you go. See, Sarah probably knows more Spanish than you at this point. (laughs) No, they just, just checked out. <laughs> He's wait, wait, you paying attention or not? Sorry, I got a disturbing email. Oh. Um, very <laughs> um, what did you say? I said Sarah probably knows more Spanish than you at this point. No, absolutely not, man. I'm fluent. <laughs> You're, You're not fluent. fluent. You're not. Funny. The kids at school told me that this girl only spoke Spanish, and I said I just spoke to her in Spanish. I said, "Come here, please." Like. They thought I was speaking English. I was like, come here, please. Like, they were like, she only speaks Spanish. I was like, did it sound like I spoke English? <laughs> I don't know, man. I I've 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 tried I've seen you try to speak Spanish and I speak fluent Spanish. I don't know what you're talking about. I get my point. Listen, I didn't say I was like you know, proper grammar. I get my point across. <laughs> you get your point across. I get my point. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> If you speak Spanish, you know what I'm saying. Just like when someone that doesn't speak English says something, it's like, I know what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Fair. Fair enough. Um, so Sarah, where, you know, you, you mentioned that that the goal is to to play overseas. You know, where what can you without, you know, being able, you know, with what what you can tell us, you know, what's what's yeah. kind of the plan plan for that? Yeah. Um, I actually just spoke with an agent yesterday. Um through Upper V management um, and trying to get the ball rolling on things. It's difficult when you're still in season, you have to be 
you know, completely done with your eligibility before you can sign anything with an agency. So this is all sort of preliminary um, communication I'm having with him and then um, just other connections that have, um, you know, been told to me by like my coaching staff. Um, And so, yeah, it's all very preliminary right now, but I'm just looking to play abroad, whether it be in Europe or Australia, um, yet to be determined, but I'm open to anything. I just know that my playing career is not done. Um, definitely, definitely more. Yeah. Australia is a hike. Yeah, that is a hike, but I just, I don't know, being by the beach and the weather and the world cup being there, I think it would be pretty right. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were doing, we talked about going to the World Cup for the, the Women's World Cup next year. Yeah, I'll show you. Now we, now we go, we can just go hang out with Sarah. Yeah, an excuse. <laughs> Dude, I, don't, I don't know if I can sit on a plane that long. <laughs> yeah, but I just imagine you just pacing back and forth. Yeah, like the flight to England was like tough for me. <laughs> nah, it's not that bad. Um, it's bad. <laughs> uh, Sarah, before we wrap up, what, what advice? All right, so I think we've asked this question to a couple of people before. Um, what advice would you give to to freshmen at UD, Sarah, knowing what you know now? Mm. <laughs> um, one, don't take any of it for granted um, because we are very fortunate here with all of the resources we have. Um, so definitely utilizing those. I'd say connections are everything. So taking the time outside of soccer and being on the field and establishing those relationships with your teammates early on um, is something I wish I did more of um, because these are girls that you will spend years with um, and hopefully be lifelong friends with. So taking the time to um, establish those relationships, I think is crucial and um, yeah, just taking advantage of the opportunity to play Division One soccer. It's not a lot of people get to do it. It's um, a special experience and one you're never going to get back. And that was part of the reason I stayed. Um, the the pro soccer playing abroad that was going to be there, but once you leave college, you're you're done. Your eligibility's done. So um, yeah, cool. Um, what advice would you give to a I was going to say a high school Sarah but no no high school. Uh what advice would you give to to a young player? Mm-hmm. Um who cuz I feel like all right so I'm thinking, I'm remembering this correctly. All right, I think I'm remembering this correctly cuz you answered a question so I'm trying to see if I can without telling you specifically what I think you remember you saying if you will still come up with that, but um, so what advice would you give to, to a player that says, uh, well, my team doesn't win a whole lot of games in club soccer, so I'm never going to be seen by a college coach. Mm. Yeah. Um, put your nose down and do the work. I mean, just keep going. Um, don't give up. And I mean, the, I can relate this to an experience I had um, 
when I was playing on the main club team um, up there and we actually played my mass team before I was with Massachusetts and we were getting waxed by this Massachusetts team and it sucked and people were hanging their heads on my team and um, it's defeating. But after the game, what was going to become my club coach um, in mass came up to my club coach in Maine and my parents and had nothing but really nice things to say about me. And that's how I ended up going to Massachusetts is you will stand out even if your team's losing, if you're the hardest working on the field. So just keep pushing and doing your thing. And um, yeah, losing's part of the game. So it's okay to lose, but be hungry for wins. And um, it just needs to be in your character and what you live by. That's exactly how I remember you saying it. um well sarah not only has it been awesome to have you on the podcast but but it's been fantastic to have you as part of our our delorean family um again i there's little things that always stick out to me um yes the coaching part's been great and all that stuff but again when whenever i Again, I, I'm gonna, always going to introduce you as one of the hardest players I've ever seen in a training session. <laughs> um, and I'm always going to remember the fact that you're the first one that, that came and said hi to me the, that first session I, I came to watch at like six o'clock in the morning or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, because those those are the little things I think that that really matter. And I think that's those are the those are the moments that that really count. And those are really, really cool moments. So um, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for the for the five years of Delaware. Thank you for for being a part of our our life and and a part of a player's lives at, at Delaware Union. And good luck on Sunday. And hopefully, you can finish your season out with a win and and scoring a goal. Yeah. Um, and just know that we'll be we'll be right there cheering for you in the in the stands. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on this, and more importantly, thanks for welcoming me, welcoming me, welcoming me into your Delaware Union family. It's been a pleasure and an honor to work with these young ladies and, um, and you. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks. All right. Uh, Dwayne, let's move on. Uh, should we, so I'm going to give you the option. Do we finish our world cup draw or do we, uh, talk about where you were in last night? Um, let's talk about where I was first. I got to find my world cup draw. Okay. So where were you last night? Um, I was in Chester, PA. I was at the uh, Union versus Cincinnati game. How was that? And the Union moved forward, one nothing. Um, it was a good game. Uh, shout out to Cincinnati because they forced the Union to play on one side. Um, you know, the Union playing a four four two with a diamond in the middle, and they they made it very difficult for the Union to play out of that 4-4-2. The Union like to switch the field, but use their outside backs to get forward. And they made it extremely difficult and limited the opportunities they had to do that. Um, so it was a very close. I thought it was going the, I thought it was going to PKs. Like the way the first 30 minutes was going, I thought it was going to PKs. And I also thought there was going to be a red card because the ref was absolutely horrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I looked at Jim Curtin and I was like, dude, I don't know how you, you can even like, just stand Were you there. sitting right next to him? Yeah. <laughs> but like I was like, dude, I don't even know how you could just stand there. Like I would have, I would have like flipped out. Like, dude, you can't. We got, you got to get some qualified refs out there. This guy was calling some nonsense. 
Can't, can't, we can't be hard on referees. We're in a re- massive referee shortage right now. Well, I'll go referee the MLS conference final. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, but no, it's a good game. Um, dude, there's a lot of, I mean, they sold it out yesterday. I was the last Subaru to get into the parking lot. Almost had to pay for parking? Almost had to pay for parking. Wow. Um, Unreal. The guy in charge of Subaru said, if it wasn't you, you'd be paying. He said, go find a spot. I found me a little spot. I got got in there. I said, as long as I'm not in the middle of the parking lot, I'm good. (laughs) Um, Um, So, I mean, Cincinnati had had been New York Red Bulls to get to, to this game. Um, former Boca Juniors player Luciano Costa, number ten for Cincinnati. A little guy. He's he great. Might be taller than him. He's he's a good player. He is good, but I might be taller than him. Nah, he's a good player. I I've always liked him. I've always I've always wanted him to go back to Boca Juniors, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Sign the cards. Um, in the other conference semifinals, LAFC ended up playing LA Galaxy. Uh, unfortunately, Ricky Pooch. Makes an early exit out of the playoffs, uh, losing three to two to the to the LAFC. Man, oh, sad, sad times. Like, the stars align, man. You what? gonna be hosting that final, huh? You gonna be hosting that final? Um, yeah. So the other the other semifinals is uh, Montreal's gonna be playing New York City FC on Sunday, Saturday? and that's Sunday, Sunday, yeah. And then Austin's going to be hosting, or uh, Austin is going to be, yeah, hosting um, FC Dallas. Battle of Texas. Yeah. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens there uh, for that. Yeah, I just know that uh, I got the message today. Next Sunday, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, the thirtieth, three or eight o'clock. We'll see. All all I know is that we got we got guaranteed um guaranteed Argentina representation in the conference finals. Uh if I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe not. I don't think there's a player in Montreal. No Argent- <laughs> no Argentinians going all the way up there. Uh no, no Argentinians, I don't think. We we only we got uh Carranza from uh the Union is from Argentina, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jack McGlynn, man. Finally cracked the starting lineup. Yeah. I mean, I think Bedoya might be hurt or something, but but if not, three out of the uh you know the next couple teams. Well, I guess LAFC doesn't have any Argentinians in either. But so then I'm rooting for Austin or FC Dallas. I don't want an LAFC to win. You're trying to get the Argentinians in there, man. I'm always trying to get an Argentinian in there. I'm also trying to I was also trying to get Ricky Pooch in there. You know, he might as well just be Argentinian. I'm pretty sure that American is going to be in the conference final. Yeah. Yeah, I think he might be right there. Is it, will it be a national team American? Probably not. Probably not. Um, all right. So let's let's do the World Cup. All right. Here we go. We're on uh, Group E, right? Group E. Group E. So uh, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, Duane and I are going, to, are going over the entire World Cup schedule. And uh, right now we're in the we're in the group stage. We are, um, uh, we are putting in our results for every game in the in the World Cup in the group stages. Uh, last week we did uh, we did the first four groups, which gave us the the first uh, four rounds of uh, rounds of sixteen. Um, 
and to recap uh Duane has made some upsetting removes for people that people were just really very upset by nobody liked it uh, i got a lot of emails got a lot of complaints about your your predictions uh well from unpopular contingent an unpopular opinions from people because i doubt people from tunisia were emailing you uh maybe you never know Qatar. i mean you never know or saudi arabia you never know who was emailing me just saying people were mad (laughs) change the scores (laughs) nothing no no don't change it (laughs) Keep, keep whatever you want all right so we move on to group e uh that's spain costa rica germany Japan, tough group. Whew. That's a group right there, man. That's, it's a group. It's a group. All right. Uh, Germany, Japan. 2 1 Germany. I'm going to go 2 2. Japan ain't scoring no two goals on Germany. 2 2, man. 2 2. Germany's got a goalkeeper. They got they got a lot of goalkeepers. Uh, they two, do two. have a lot of goalkeepers. 2 2. Uh, Spain, Costa Rica. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that Costa Rica scores an early goal, one one. But but then but then Spain scores three. No, who's scoring three goals for Spain? Don't say Antufati. Antufati, bro. (laughs) Gavi, Gavi's gonna score three. Pedri ain't scoring three goals for Spain either. I didn't say Pedri. I said Gavi. Pedri, Gavi, Marco Asensio, Fati. No goals. <laughs> uh, Sergio Busquets scoring three goals. Sergio Busquets going three goals. Uh, Japan, Costa Rica. Uh, one one. Uh, I'm gonna give that one to Japan. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go two nothing Japan. Uh, Spain, Germany. Oof, isn't that, that's a, I'm gonna go zero zero and upset everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna go two nothing Germany. Oof. Um, Japan, Spain. That's like another one one game. I'm gonna go one zero Spain here. Two one. I mean, it's just the same thing, right? And then uh, Costa Rica, Germany. Yeah, I think Costa Rica is gonna tie all their games. <laughs> you think so? So one one. I'm gonna uh, let's go one one. Yeah, I think I feel like I'm gonna just, go one one. That's a safe bet, man. I think I think if you're gonna if you're gonna gamble, Costa Rica is gonna cover the, spe- the spread. By the way, my results unknowingly has have given Germany three ties, <laughs> and they're out of the group. <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of emails. <laughs> this has my group has Spain going through first with seven points, Japan with four, Germany with three, Costa Rica with one. What did you? I have seven, four, three, one, but I have Germany and Spain going through. And Costa Rica, man, man, that's a that's a tough out. Yeah, maybe if they let me come up with the brackets, you know, they could come through. Winter stays. <laughs> Winter stays. Winter stays. Uh, all right, thirty-two team playoff. Um, all right, moving on to Group F: uh, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. So another good group. First, first group: Croatia, Morocco. Two nothing Morocco or Croatia. Sorry, not Morocco. I'm gonna go one nothing Morocco. No, I don't think Croatia is gonna be as good this year. 
but Croats are ballers. Belgium, Canada. This would be a high-scoring thriller. What, like a 5-6? Oh, man, I ain't the 2009 boys. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? I'm going to Belgium 3-2. Three, three, I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm going to go 3-2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watch that game be like one nothing when they actually. Oh, it's gonna be terrible, but Belgium's gonna score a goal and then give up a goal like off the kickoff too. Like that's what's exactly yeah. what's gonna happen. And Canada, um, man, Canada be flying up that field, dude. Yeah. They got speed. It's like a track team out there. Um, Belgium, Morocco. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nothing. Belgium here. Belgium two nothing. Croatia, Canada. Oof. It's not gonna be a high scoring thriller, but I'm gonna say three one, Canada. Wow, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it one zero Canada. No nah, man, Canada. I don't think Canada is going out of here one nothing. They're they're scoring goals. Um, Croatia Belgium. This is a tough game. Oh, this is a rivalry game. I'm gonna go two 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 one Belgium. And then Canada Morocco. I'm gonna go Canada wins that one two nothing three nothing. Um. All right. So in my, in my <laughs> Belgium Belgium Canada go through. Morocco with three points misses out, and Croatia leaves home last place in the group with one point. Croatia is getting three points against Morocco, All right? But Belgium and Canada go through. Belgium sweeps the stage, but Canada scores more goals. So far in my in my pool, I only have Argentina and Denmark winning all three games. By the way, everybody else is at least tied or lost. I have France, Poland. And Belgium. Yeah. All right. Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Another, like, it's not a tough group, but another, like, interesting group. It's an interesting group, yeah. Switzerland, Cameroon. 1-1 one, one tie. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go... I'm going to go one nothing Switzerland here. Uh, Brazil, Serbia. 2 nothing Brazil. I'm gonna put four. Four. <laughs> Who's scoring four goals for Brazil? Uh, this, you got a lot of people that can score goals in Brazil. Neymar scoring four goals. And Neymar can score one. Gabriel Jesus can score one. Uh, uh, Vinny can score one. Danny Alves with the fourth goal. <laughs> um, Cameroon, Serbia. Two nothing Cameroon. Is this one of the other ones? Didn't we have a we had a game in the first in the first set of things? What do we have? It was a what game was it that we're like, you know, no one's watching this game. Depends on the climate. Was it was it was it Tunisia Australia? Yeah. No, it was no 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 no. It wasn't Tunisia Australia. It was. um, No one's watching that game either. It was. It might have been Tunisia, Australia, though. Nobody watching that. Yeah, either I that or Qatar. It, no, it was Qatar, Qatar, Senegal. No one's watching that either. So, uh, Cameroon, Serbia. Yeah, I'm not watching that game. I am. Um, I think Cameroon's going to win that game two nothing. Depends on the. I don't think Serbia scores a goal. It depends think, on the temperature, man. Uh, Serbia, Serbia doesn't score a single goal this World <laughs> Serbia, if it's cold. Serbia's got the advantage. If it's hot, <laughs> the advantage. Um, I don't think it's gonna be cold. Does it get cold in guitar? I don't think it gets. No, cold. I don't think it gets cold. So, think it's advantage good. Cameroon. Uh, advantage Cameroon. Advantage Brazil. 
Um, Brazil, Switzerland. 3-1 Brazil. I'm going to I'm going to go 2-1 Brazil. Uh Serbia, Switzerland, I'm going to go one nothing Switzerland. I don't know anybody from Switzerland except for um what is his name? Shakiri. Yeah. Um Serbia, Switzerland. What is 0-0? Cameroon, Brazil. 3-2 thriller. Brazil. I mean, let's see. Who do they have? You got Shakiri. You got Granit Saka. He is garbage. <laughs> he is absolute garbage. Uh, Ruben Vargas. Um, Harris Seferovic. Who is their leading goal scorer? Plays for Galatasaray. Oh my goodness. <laughs> He's out there with Mezut. Oh, they're in the uh, Turkish Super League. I hear score goals. Turkish Super League. All right. Um, Cameroon, Brazil. It's it a thriller, 3 2. I'm going to say 3 1 Brazil. Brazil right. sweeping the group stage. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, so Brazil, Switzerland. Uh, go through Cameroon and Serbia. No, nah, the Cameroonians are going through. Uh, you, you got Switzerland leaving? Switzerland. They're going to go skiing, man. It's it's winter. They're going to go enjoy their time in the Alps. <laughs> um. All right. Last group. Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. Dude, that's another tough group. It is. Uh, Uruguay, South Korea. I'm going to go... Two two here. No, I was gonna say that's a tie one one. Portugal Ghana. I'm gonna say Ghana's gonna win. I'm gonna say I think Portugal is gonna be the biggest upset of this World Cup of the tournament. Yeah, I think, Man, I think this is another draw. I think the whole group is gonna draw each other. Two two. Uh, everyone's gonna end up with three points. Yeah, they're gonna uh, take P- they're gonna meet at random field and take PKs. <laughs> Guessing numbers. Guess it. Random number generator. Um, South Korea, Ghana. Let me give advantage to Ghana on this one, though. Seriously, um, two, two, I'm gonna, one. I'm gonna say that's a mm, you got son on that team. You got son. I got, I'm, I'm gonna go two, one Portugal, Uruguay, two, one. Who? Oh, South Korea. Yeah, yeah, Ghana. Uh, Portugal, Uruguay. <laughs> Is old man Suarez playing old man Suarez versus old man Ronaldo and Cavani too? Oh my gosh, didn't Cavani just get picked up by somebody? He just played, yeah, he's at uh Sevilla, just played oh, in Valencia, like Sevilla, Valencia, whoever he just scored a goal or something, scored two goals. Uh, I want to say they're going to score one goal apiece against um, scored two goals against not Cadiz. It was one of those other smaller teams. Uh, I'm gonna say it's a each team will score one goal. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two one, Uruguay. Ghana Uruguay. Ooh, I'm gonna go three two Uruguay. Two one Ghana. Oh man, you got Ghana going through. South Korea Portugal. I'm gonna go uh, one. Watch one. this. Watch Ghana have to play the U.S. because I put Ghana through. <laughs> That's the U.S.'s kryptonite. Well, no, that would have been the later. South Korea, Portugal, 
I'm gonna go with an upset here. I'm gonna take South Korea two one. All right. So what does that do to your to your group? South Korea comes in decision day. Got to get three points. Finish second place in the group. Got to finish his first. <laughs> Portugal and Uruguay out with two points apiece. So I got I got Uruguay, South Korea going through first, second, and then Ghana and Portugal going home. Uh, I mean, I think I think it comes down to South Korea and Portugal. So here's how the uh, this here's how this affects for me for the round of sixteen. So this gives us a. Um, this gives us, uh, it's kind of funny how mine's met came out. This gives us, uh, Spain, Canada mm. for me. I got Spain, Canada. I got Brazil, South Korea. I have Belgium and Japan and Uruguay, Switzerland. Um, so I have. I guess Germany and Canada. Okay. Brazil, South Korea. Oh, yeah. You and I end up with the same one there. Um, we did USA. We did France. Belgium, Spain. Hmm. And then Ghana, Cameroon. <laughs> Little AFCON. AFCON. You wait for a little battle. Dude, like all of mine are like teams playing each other from the room. Yeah, Confederation like Netherlands, England, Poland, Denmark. Well, that's because you kicked Argentina off the World Cup in the group stage. Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, when they leave the group stage, I will go to Dover Downs right now and put money on Argentina to get kicked out of the group stage. No way. And then I'll really feel better about myself when I do. <laughs> then I get a paycheck. You might. You at that point, if that happens, you might need to find a uh, a new podcast. <laughs> I'm just gonna put a hundred dollars on it right now. Uh, Don't don't be putting money on things that that are not needed. And then when when those odds come in and I get have to go in and cash that ticket, I'll feel really good about myself. Mm -mm. No. Um, all right. Great. So our our group stages are set. Um move on to round of 16 16 is set. Next week. The round of 16 is set. Yeah. Um, we'll do that next week. All right, uh, player of the match. Did you notice the dates on this are wrong? Oh, uh, maybe. Are they? I don't know. No, the first game is right. Oh, wait, sorry. No, I, I forgot that we're the only country that puts the month first. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But because of the days, it reads backwards. I'm like, yeah. why are we playing games in May? Yeah, no, no that's right. Um, all right, player of the match. Who is your player of the match, Dwayne? My player of the match. Let's see. Who did I watch play this week? Oh, I didn't watch it. Um, I, watch, I watched some sorry teams play. Andre Blake. Yeah. Goalkeeper of the year. Made some pretty big saves yesterday. Andre Blake. Um, I'm going to give mine to Big Ben's. Big Benz. All right, Ray Hudson. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kareem Benzema wins the uh, Ballon d'Or um, and brings his mom and his son up for the award. Um, yeah, I mean, it, for, for what it's worth, I think he was the best player in the world this last year. I mean, he was better than Messi and Ronaldo. He was. 
Sure was. No one's going to I saw that. a thing that said his watch that he had on was eight times more expensive than Lewandowski's. Oh, my God. Um, Stunting on him. <laughs> uh, all right. On that's the- why I think Poland is going through instead of Argentina. Yeah. Because there are no Argentinians on that stage. Yeah. It was a Polak. Fair enough. That was scoring goals. Scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. I better see if uh, Holland has some uh, Argentinian in him. <laughs> Erling. You got a passport? El, er, El Erling. Erle- Erlesto. <laughs> he is a Boca Juniors fan, so you can bring him on. Erlesto. Um, How quick can you get him citizenship? Quick, quick. We need to quick. Um, <laughs> know a guy. I know a guy. Um, all right. On to say soccer history. I'm going to change it up because uh, tomorrow, if we had recorded the podcast tomorrow, and ultimately at some point we would have had to do this anyway, but I didn't want to wait because I think it's too funny of a story not to talk about. Um, so October 22nd, 2011. Okay. So not, not October 21st. We're going to skip today. We're going to go to tomorrow. Well, yeah, because of who it is, I think. I, I think you need to, right? Like, it's just a really cool. All right. So Mario Balotelli uh, playing in Manchester City at the time. Mario Balotelli is famous for a lot of things. Uh, scoring goals, not scoring goals, funny haircuts, uh, playing the Italian national team. But on October 22nd, uh, he became slightly more famous because he decided to set off fireworks in his ho- in his house. And not only did he just set them in his- off in his house, he decided to set off fireworks in his bathroom because he thought he was celebrating Guy Fox Night, which Guy Fox Night is not on October 22nd. It's November 5th. Um, <laughs> so he got the day wrong. Um, oh, Mario. Yeah. So, um, so it happened right before City was going to be playing United. Um, and somehow the fireworks worked because uh, cities went. City won six to one, and Balotelli scored two goals. <laughs> oh Mario! But yeah, good old, good old Super Mario. All right, uh, fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week this week goes out to to Anthony, um, because it's been you know we're we're getting close towards the you know we're in the last quarter of the, the high school season. We're getting close to the end here. And I just want to say thank you because uh, it's been it's been a really really fun season. It's it was a new experience for me coaching boys again, um, and I've really enjoyed it. So I'm enjoying it so far. So you know, just shout out to Anthony there for that. Dwayne, who's your player? Fair play of the week. Man, you took my job. Um, you know, I got offered that job first, so you're just 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 throwing that out there. You're the backup. Whatever. Um, Whatever. Nah, mine's gonna go out to uh give it out to Hector, man, Coach Hector in our right. Uh he was the DYSA male rec coach of the year. So good job, Hector. Way to go. Good job, Hector, with their kids. Um, it's got an award ceremony coming up in November. Sue's so probably gonna get this like nice award, probably like some glass plated thing. Yep. One of those little plaques. Big plaque. to Hector. It's a really big plaque. Um, that's great. Good for him. Way to go, Hector. Here you go, Hector. Good stuff. 
All right. Well, remember to follow us on Instagram at DE Soccer Podcast at D Soccer Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.